Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome back to a solo episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, where today I'm going to be diving into progressive overload, explaining exactly what it is, how to achieve it, and why it's so important, and also training deloads. Um, and when they are uh, necessary and the benefits of them, um, the signs that it's time for a training deload and also how to actually implement a deload and make it as effective as possible. So firstly, let's dive straight into progressive overload. Now, you would have heard me mention this a million times on this podcast or through my content online. And when it comes to seeing progress in the gym, whether it's gaining lean muscle tissue, whether it's building strength, just improving your performance, Progressive overload is essential and it is the key factor when it comes to seeing growth, particularly when it comes to increasing lean muscle tissue. And in my opinion, progressive overload should be the priority for absolutely everyone in the gym, regardless of what your goal is. Because if we're not making progress, we're staying stagnant and that's just about as good as going backwards, in my opinion. So progressive overload, again, you would have heard this a million times before. What is it? So Progressive overload is when we are applying enough of a stimulus through our training, which requires our body to adapt and change in order to grow. So we're just basically doing more over time. So think more reps, more sets, more weight, you know, a higher intensity, more difficulty in order to perform that exercise to improve over time. So when we're in a gaining phase, for example, we're eating in a calorie deficit potentially, or we should be eating in a calorie deficit, a calorie surplus, sorry, in a gaining phase. So just to reiterate, calorie surplus, not deficit. And with our training, our goal is to be doing more over time. All right. Now, typically in your training program, if you've got a well-structured plan, you should have a couple of key lifts, which are going to be the benchmark lifts for your your progress and your program. So let's say it's a lower body day and my two lifts that I'm really focusing on for that day, my two big compound movements might be a barbell squat and a barbell Romanian deadlift, all right? And then after that, I might move into more accessory movements, which, you know, you should still be aiming to overload over time, but typically those bigger compound movements are the ones that you're going to focus on the most. So the way we overload, as mentioned, is just doing more over time. And the reason why that's so important is because if we continue to do the same shit over and over again, our body has no reason to change and adapt. So we're not going to see much progress now, I've mentioned previously in fat loss episodes how you know people put a such a big focus on factors that really don't have any real relevance, okay? When it comes to to losing fat in particular, people really focus on how much they're sweating, their heart rate, their calorie expenditure from the session, which obviously comes into play a little bit when when we're talking about energy in versus energy out, but seeing progress in the gym has really 
fuck all to do with how much you're sweating or, you know, how hard the workout felt or how high your heart rate was or, you know, how difficult the session seemed. In the end of the day, what we really need to focus on and the key factor to any progress in change is overload. All right, so a prime example would be if uh, week one of my training program, I'm doing a barbell squat for four sets of eight at, let's say, 100 kilos. For me to overload and for me to give my body a reason to change, you know, provide the stimulus that my muscles need to adapt, I just need to do a little more than that in some way or another, a little more than four times eight at 100 kilos. So that may mean I add reps, so I might do four sets of nine instead the following week. Um, even one rep extra, you know, theoretically is is still overload. I may add more weight, so I might go from 100 kilos to even 102 and a half kilos, which is still going to increase my volume and the amount that I've lifted throughout that session, which means I've overloaded or I might make a bigger jump or I could increase the amount of sets. So I might go from four sets of eight at 100 to five sets of eight at 100, and that's a massive um, jump or a bit of... Uh, overload there that's going to allow me to to increase lean muscle tissue and and potentially get stronger as well now adding more weight adding more reps adding more sets they're the basic ones right that's that's pretty simple pretty straightforward and i want to reiterate that it doesn't need to be a, a massive jump so as i just said i could go from 100 kilos to 102 102 and a half kilos right and that is still overload so i think the the misconception when it comes to adding weight to the bar in the gym is that we need to make these massive jumps and just, you know, adding 10, 20 kilos at a time to make sure we're overloading. But in the end of the day, small progress is still progress and the likelihood of being able to continue to overload week after week when we're making small incremental changes is significantly higher. So just to reiterate again, overload, more reps, more weight, more sets or increased difficulty over time. Now, that may mean you're changing the order of the exercises. Um, so, obviously, a barbell, squat, a barbell squat, when it's the fifth exercise in the session, in comparison to being the first exercise in the session, is going to be significantly harder once our muscles are already fatigued. We may use things like supersets to increase difficulty. We may add resistance in other ways by the addition of bands or um chains or whatever we want to we ever want whatever we want to add to increase the difficulty and change the resistance curve or the amount of load that we are feeling um, on an exercise throughout certain parts of the rep but the main thing that you need to understand guys is that in order to change in order to grow progressive overload should be your number one priority in the gym forever and always all right because again if we aren't providing the body with a reason to change, it just won't, regardless of how hard the session felt or, as I said, how much you've sweat or how many calories you've burnt in your workout. Particularly for lean muscle tissue growth, we need to be looking at overload and that should be your priority. Now, moving on to the second part of this short episode, I want to talk about training deloads. So firstly, what is a deload? All it is is we're, we're pulling the intensity um, or the volume back a little bit. <clears throat> so think about taking one step back to take two steps forward. So the signs that it's time for a training deload is when you're starting to lack motivation, you've been on a training block for an extended period of time, you're getting little niggles, your, um, your training output or your performance is starting to decline or it's plateauing for an extended period of time. 
central ne- central nervous system may be fatigued, so you may be experiencing poor quality sleep, um, loss of appetite, all this different type of stuff. And I think for most people, we know when we're in that that phase or when we're in that little block where it's time to actually you know pull things back a little bit. But it can be a bit of a fine line between are we just getting a little lazy and not wanting to train as hard as usual and that's why we're giving ourselves the the pass to kind of take it easy in our sessions or is it genuinely time for a deload so the indicators that i've just mentioned uh, a great way to decide whether it is time to pull the pull the training back a little bit but at the same time if i'm training if i'm following a, a training block for let's say five to six weeks typically around that mark, I'll add in a deload to allow for extra progress afterwards. So I used to really struggle mentally with doing training deloads because you go in, you feel like you could have done more and you feel like you're being lazy. But what we need to understand is that our bodies cannot always be going at 100%. We look at an athlete, for example, they go through different waves in their training and they 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 have a certain peak in their training in order to to peak at the right time for the competition or whatever they're whatever they're going to be competing in. They're not just consistently training at one hundred percent day in day out, year in year out. Otherwise, we get to the point where we have what's called diminishing returns. And although we're you know might be motivated and we're working really hard, our training performance actually starts to decline a little bit. And when that happens. As I said, it's it's the law of diminishing returns. We, we're putting in all this effort, but we're not getting the reward. Whereas it seems counterintuitive, but if we just take a step back, give our body and our mind some a chance to recover, repair, replenish, and then we can dive in and then improve our performance after the deload. So how do you actually carry out a training deload? There's a few different options. So we can either decrease the intensity Okay, so when I talk about decreasing the intensity, that means reducing the amount of weight we're lifting throughout our sessions. We can reduce the amount of volume, so the amount of actual work we're doing in a session. So that may require you to drop a number of sets from the actual session that you would typically do. Or we can pull things all the way back and actually take a break from training altogether, which I don't typically recommend. Um, but if we're substituting training in with some active recovery, where we're doing some you know really light forms of movement, um, maybe even you know playing some casual organized sport or whatever, that can also be a great way to deload. But option one, reducing the intensity. We want to reduce the amount of weight that we're using in comparison to usual by about forty percent. Most of the time. So if I'm typically lifting 100 kilos on an exercise on a deload week, I might strip it back to around 60 kilos. Now we can go even lighter than this if we really want to. But the idea here is that we are still doing the same amount of training, um, I guess not volume because we've reduced the weight, but the same amount of reps, same amount of sets as that we would typically do, just with much lighter weight. So still focusing on perfect execution of our reps on every exercise and just allowing the body to to have a bit of a break because the the loads aren't as heavy we're not fatiguing the central nervous system the muscles the joints the 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 ligaments and everything as much as what we typically would be but we are still going through the motions and getting our sessions done option two where we reduce the amount of volume we're doing this is something that i typically would lean towards um for 
myself anyway, but this is where we're actually just dropping some sets. So we're lifting at the same intensity. So if I was going to do a bench press, I would still lift the same weight that I would typically lift um, for that day, but I would just drop sets. So if I usually had four sets of bench, I might drop that down to two or three sets instead. And I would do that for every exercise throughout the whole session, potentially even dropping a couple of exercises altogether. This way we are able to keep our central nervous system primed or or keeping our body lifting, our muscles, sorry, lifting the same weight that we're used to. So we're not feeling like we're having a drop off in strength. And, you know, if this is for um, certain movements, as I said, like big compound movements where you know lifting really is a skill and we don't want to feel the difference the following week when we come back in and, and lift the heavier loads again, then this can be a great option. Or, as I said, we can pull things all the way back. If you're completely fried mentally, physically, and you just need a break, you know, doing something completely different. You might do a light walk. You might go and play a game of golf. You might, whatever it may be, completely up to you. But the whole idea here with the training deload is that we are allowing the body and the mind to recover. And as I said, this can often feel a little bit counterintuitive, but what we tend to see after a training deload is when we come back to our program or our, our regular training schedule the following week, we are able to push that much harder than what we were prior to the deload. All right. So mentally, you know, typically our motivation levels have gone up a little bit. We're ready to get back into the gym and, and really push it with our workouts again. But physically, we've given our body time to recover. All right. Assuming that, you know, on a training deload as well, I would always typically recommend you keeping calories at least maintenance level, um, if not into a slight surplus to, again, just give your body that chance to recover and grow. And then when we come out of that deload, again, this is now where we get to to push, you know, move the needle again and start to see some more progress and, and push again for an extended period of time, whether that's four to six weeks or however long we have until our next deload. And this is what allows us to continually make progress. As I mentioned at the start of this episode, progressive overload is essential for, for growth and for progress in the gym with our workouts and with our physique. And in order to consistently have that progressive overload, we need to be able to take care of our bodies so that we reduce the risk of injury. We maintain high levels of motivation, which also obviously comes down to our habits and whatnot as well. But we're just focusing on longevity here. Okay, and, and making sure that we're playing the long game and not just going 100% all the time for a short period of time and then burning out. So these training deloads are a great way to avoid um, burnout and, uh, and getting to the point where our motivation drops really low um, or more importantly, it just helps us avoid the risk of injury in the gym and which can obviously set us back for a long period of time. So I've had periods, particularly early on, where when I was probably training a little too hard and um, and not listening to my body as much where, you know, I would I would have a little bit of a niggle but I would, I would feel stressed or anxious about not training hard enough and I would go in and still push my workouts and then before you know it, I've, I've done an injury or whatever and then that sets me back a few weeks when I have to miss training completely. All right, so with the deload, the mindset going in, as, although it can be difficult for some people who are used to really just pushing and, and training hard all the time, the mindset really should be, you know, I'm taking one step back to take two steps forward and it is essential for my progress in the long run. So again, a little bit of a summary about this episode. 
Um, I know this has kind of been a, a short and sharp one, but hopefully you've taken some value from this short episode. Training and progressive overload, essential for growth, essential for progress over time. Again, we're just thinking more reps, more sets, more weight, or just an increased difficulty or intensity over time. And again, just to reiterate, it only needs to be a very small amount of progress and we're still making progress. Okay, so you don't need to go in and, and you know double the amount of weight you're lifting in order to see results. It just requires us to be gradually doing more over time taking care of our recovery, you know, looking at what we're doing with our nutrition. Typically, again, if we're in a gaining phase, we should be in a slight calorie surplus, making sure we're eating enough protein, you know, using supplements if necessary in order to improve performance or accelerate our recovery periods. And then training deloads, essential for longevity. So if we've had periods of time where we've been really focusing on that progressive overload, We've got some good momentum, but we're starting to just notice a few variables that are uh, making us think it's time for a deload. So again, whether that's been an extended period of time on a certain training block or whether you are starting to have that loss of appetite, the the poor sleep quality, the niggles, the lack of motivation, um, a, a reduction or a, um, a drop in training performance with your workouts then typically it is time for a training deload where, again, we are either reducing the intensity, so dropping the amount of weight we're lifting in our sessions to the point where it's very comfortable. We're still going through those those uh, movement patterns and we're still focusing on good quality reps and sets but with much less load or we're reducing the amount of actual work we're doing in the sessions by reducing cutting back on, on a certain exercise or two and in particular, dropping the amount of sets or the amount of working sets we are doing throughout that session. And if you're completely fucking cooked, then it would be a good idea to either you know drop a couple of sessions throughout that week altogether, or at some stages, just take a week off completely from training and focus on your mobility, focus on recovery with nutrition and, um, and hydration and good quality sleep and whatnot getting a bit of mobility and stretch, uh, stretching work, even if you're going to do some soft tissue stuff with someone like a, a myotherapist or a physio or, or whoever, whoever. And that's when we have that little reset and then we go back into a regular programming the following week where we can expect to see some significant changes and growth. So guys, I feel like I have really just rambled on there for a little bit but hopefully you have taken some value from this and this is um cleared up you know exactly what progressive overload is and what you should be focusing on and at the same time allowed you to understand that it is okay to pull back every now and then with the training in order to see consistent results over a longer period of time without having to feel guilty or without feeling like you know you're not working hard enough um, because in the end of the day, our goal is to to cons- to you know put together as a, a consistent period, a consistent amount of training as we possibly can. Right, small efforts done exceptionally well on a daily basis over an extended period of time is what leads to significant results. We're just continuing to look at just continuing to put in those investments into ourselves day in day out in some way or another with our training in the gym but also with our our mental health as well and and taking care of both and i think if you can take care of all that you're going to be in a a really good position and see great results over a long period of time so 
I appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, I would love to hear from you or I'd love for you to share this episode with a friend um, or grab a screenshot, share it on your social media, tag me in it. I'd love to hear some feedback from you guys and I appreciate every single person who tunes into this show. So thank you so much for listening to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast and I look forward to chatting to you guys again in the very next episode.